Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. On this episode of the LOL Pod, my guest Kelly L. Ferguson and I discuss encouragement, the shame and guilt that sometimes comes with infertility issues, and her new book, In the Meantime. I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you're listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today, I'm very excited to talk with my friend and the author of In the Meantime, Kelly L. Ferguson. Kelly, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. It has been too long since we've been able to connect, and I'm very excited about our opportunity to do so today. So I'm going to start like I start with all of my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? You know, mm, so for me, I think my labor of love um, really is encouragement. Um, I've been through a lot of things in my life, just like many, many other people. And I found that no matter what role I'm currently um, involved in, when I look at look back at my, my, my most profound or my most meaningful um, things that I believe I accomplished, I believe it's come through encouragement. Um, I just think back like when I used to be a Sunday school teacher or when, um, or even in my current job um, working in the construction industry, industry is always about helping others to encourage them to be the best that they can be. And so I really feel like God put me on this earth to encourage others, no matter um, what situation they're in. And in particular, to encourage women and couples that have been trying to conceive and have been unsuccessful currently in that effort. So it's just, um, I really feel like that's something on my heart. That's something that God has, is dealing with me on. And I know that um, through our testimonies and through our stories, others can be healed and others can be helped. And I love that. I love that so much. So, um, you know, I don't know if people know this, but I usually don't know what people are going to say their labor of love is. So I'm always just as, you know, on the edge of my seat as everyone else. Um, but what I can say is when you send encouragement, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And what it reminded me of. So just a little historical background for Kelly and I is we went to undergrad together um, at the University of Michigan. And I now realize that I was in such a dissociative state throughout my entire college experience that this memory I have that is like ridiculous, the things I like remember in details, there are so many parts of my entire college experience that I just don't remember. Um, and, but the things I do remember, um, one of them is you and I, Kelly, studying at the Ugly. So that was the undergraduate library, second floor, um, until the whatever hours of the night. Now, mind you, Kelly was an engineer major. I was a general studies major. It's not that we were like working on the same thing or necessarily supporting each other with our work, but she was, it was just encouraging to have her with me, you know, to, to do that. And, you know, I'm a talker, 
which is why podcasting works for me. So I don't know what percentage of that time we were together was actually work and what percentage was actually talking, but it was always so very encouraging to be around Kelly. And so when you said your labor of love is encouraging, I'm like, yes, like I can see 1000% how that fits. So you shared that like you've been through a lot of things, like a lot of people, and you look back into this common thread of encouragement. Um, let me, well, let's start with this. Can you recall times or certain people in your life who've been tremendously encouraging to you? Oh, yes. Um, oh, man. <laughs> There's been, I, I've, I've been very blessed um, to always be able to, even when I myself didn't know it, but just know that there have been people in the background who've been praying for me, who have been um, lifting me up and who've been just giving me what they can to help me feel that I'm not alone. And God has blessed me so much to let me know that I'm not alone. Um, I, I just said, I, I grew up with a great family. Um, I have a great family to this day. And um I just think about encouragement. Well, so encouragement comes in so many different shapes and forms. It doesn't necessarily have to be words. Um, obviously, you can be encouraged. You encourage somebody through your actions, um, which is which is great, especially for those people that um, need to see something. They don't want to. Some people like um, words of affirmation, but others actually need to see to see the demonstration of that. And I think I am. I don't know what I like to be honest. I don't know what affects me more. But um, just knowing that there's somebody behind me supporting me, even when I don't necessarily physically see that support, it just, it makes all the difference. Um, obviously, the number one supporter is God. And I, I, I always find encouragement um, in his word. I find encouragement in just like the small whispers that I get, um, the convictions I get <laughs> to know to do this, to not do that. Um, it encourages me to, to help me know that when I truly in the middle of the night, when there's no one to talk to, when the phone was impolite to make a phone call, when um, I'm stuck in a meeting and I don't know what to do, or I'm getting some news that I don't know how to process on my own, that I am never alone. I'm never by myself because God is always with me. He's given me that, um, that Holy, he's given me the Holy Spirit to always know that I'm, he's always with me. So even outside of human interaction, I know that I always have the Holy Spirit with me in each and every everything that I do to encourage me. Um, outside of that, outside of my family, um, probably one of my biggest supporters, especially over these past 20 years, is my husband. And Hugh is great. He's the absolute best. Um, Hugh's a talker, so <laughs> he does a lot of his encouragement through his words, but um, he just... Oh. He's just so great at encouraging me, even in the small stuff that I don't even know, or that, that it wouldn't even dawn on me that this is what I needed right now. And I think um, a lot of time, we sometimes take those little things for granted when um, people do these, do little things for us or, or try to push us or give us little bits of advice. And sometimes, you know, it might not seem like much at the time, but when you look back on it, and I'm a big person, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of looking back on things. When you look back on it, you realize that was just the push you need. That was just the motivation um, or the words you needed to hear in order to keep moving forward. And so I'm just, I honestly have been 
so blessed by so much encouragement around me that I want to go out and, and help and encourage others to show that same sort of encouragement, whether it's through words, whether it's through actions, um, whether it's just through simple prayers, even prayers that they might not even know, just, just going out and encouraging those to help them to become the best people that they can be. That's so profound, because I think something that you hit on uh, or something that stood out to me is that a thing that you received in abundance is now what you can give. And I think sometimes that's something we forget. And I'll, I'll look, I, I want to say this, like, let's take, um, let's be objective or as objective as possible and take a step back, right? What's coming out of a person makes sense when you understand what went in them. I say that all the time. And so I find it very profound that you find yourself called and compelled to be an encourager but you are overwhelmed with the amount of encouragement that you've received throughout your life. That has yeah. filled your well so much that yeah. it's overflowing that you can give it to other people. And I think it's worthwhile for us to consider people who <laughs> give the opposite of encouragement, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we wanna judge what's coming out of them, but if their well is overfilling with condemnation or judgment or anger, because that's what's been put in them, then it naturally makes sense that that's what's coming out of them. And I think if yeah. we can view it that way, it can kind of help us be more compassionate, that we can be curious instead of judgmental, that we can be compassionate and understanding that. And then we can look at ourselves and say, what's coming out of me? Yeah. And that there's a lot of that in me. So I love that. Um, I'm really excited for us to talk specifically about uh, your current form of encouragement through your book in the meantime. So I will start by asking you to just tell us a little bit about so, the book, but really um, excited to talk about things like motherhood, family, and, and what all that means. So in the meantime, recently published books, so, so proud of you, so excited for you. Tell us what the book is about. Sure, no problem. Um, so in the meantime is a 28 day devotional and um, it's focusing on, it tells my personal story on my journey to motherhood. So I've been trying to conceive and expand my family for seven years. And it just goes to, it kind of gives you a little bit of my personal insight or my personal history, I should say, about the challenges that I've experienced um, medically um, in regards to fertility. And then also about how spiritually I, I, I was challenged and how I was able to grow from that experience and the whole reason and purpose of writing this devotional is to I really want to get people out especially women that are, are going through similar struggles is to let them know number one that they're not alone but to also let them know that um, there's so many different stories in the bible that we can look for encouragement to know that God is not a God who wants us to be barren whether that comes in the form of um, barren in a physical sense or barren in our um, other relationships or our professional careers. He wants us to be fruitful in all things. And um, it's just to encourage them to let them know that if he wants us, if he desires this for us to be fruitful, then he's gonna give us the capacity and the ability to be fruitful. So um, it's, a, it's a great devotional, um, and not to my horn, but I think it's a, a really powerful devotional for anyone who wants to just increase their faith, but also to, retain and um, build upon their hope, to not give up hope. Because especially um, with fertility, 
it can be so easy to be discouraged. And um, you hear, especially depending on your age, depending on the medical circumstances, um, doctor's appointments, all those things that you might go through, it's, it's so easy to get down and to be consumed by the grief, the sadness, the anger, the pain of not being what, um, quote unquote, what society is saying defines what a woman should be, what a mother should be. And when your path is not the typical path, um, you feel like something's wrong with you. But it's just to help you realize the, the whole the purpose of the book is to help you realize that nothing's wrong with you, that um, God created you. He he knew the circumstances that you were going to be facing, and he's made you strong enough to be able to not only um, overcome those circumstances, but to also be able to help others who are going through the same circumstances as well. Yes. So love it. <laughs> One. I think um, that the very challenging and sometimes traumatic experience um, that infertility and fertility issues can bring can be so isolating and lonely that it is so common for people, women, couples, families to think like, not like you said, what's wrong with me, but it's so not talked about because it is this feeling of shame mm -hmm. that usually comes with it. And so it can be so lonely. And so to your point, I found that one of the biggest resilience factors that go into people being able to move through certain situations and be resilient and build upon their resilience is knowing that they are a part of, um, they're a part of something and that there are external supports so that they're not alone. And once people kind of uh, build the courage to mention something, how many people go like, you too? Oh my mm -hmm. God, me too, oh my goodness. I thought it was just me. And so then there is this like, this, this belonging, this sense of belonging that people have um, knowing that they're not alone in the circumstances. And y'all, none of us are alone in our circumstances. I don't care what it is. I, I literally don't care what it is. That thing that you're like, I am the only person. You're not. <laughs> you are mm -hmm. not. And so I love that. And I think perhaps for me, one of the, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Not it, One of the things that strikes me the most is Kelly, you're not writing this book after you've expanded your family. You're yeah. not taking a look back kind of, and, and, and not to say that someone who would have done that, and I, I don't want it to be, be perceived the wrong way, they may not be condescending, but you're not looking back to pat people on the heads and say, now, now that I'm not in that situation, here's what I went through. I love that you have created this devotional and that you're encouraging women in the midst of it. And yeah. I think that is one of the most compelling and amazing parts of what you have done. You're not saying, you're saying you're not alone because I am here with you. And that is amazing. So um, what, why'd you write the book, <laughs> right? You know, what, what was that thing that's like, uh, this is the way I'm going to go forth from here? So um, it started off with, Towards the end of, um, I'm going to remember it's 2021 now. So towards the end of 2019, or I participated, I should say, in a writing workshop and um, called Tell It All. And the premise behind it was to help you get your story out and start just just talking about it. And I really honestly um, didn't think that that was a story I was going to tell. I didn't go into it believing, you know, 
hey, let me start writing about um, my fertility challenges. I honestly didn't know what I was going to write about, but it was such a cool workshop and um, it just, it got my, got my juices flowing in the sense of just going back and forth and saying, okay, what are the questions? What are the things that people who are going through similar experience to me, what do they want to hear? What do they want to know? And so from that point on, I was also encouraged at the beginning of 2020 to just pick a book in the Bible, wherever Holy Spirit, Spirit led and just decide uh, or just read it. And I couldn't figure out where to go, where to start. And I was like, you know what? Let me just start at Genesis. Let me just start doing Bible study. Just get through the book of Genesis. And as I started going through Genesis, I started realizing that, hey, I can, there's so many different nuggets that I can pull and that I can learn from and that I can share with others to, that are going through similar struggles to me and to help encourage them. And it honestly was just writing a couple different um, pages of devotionals. And, it, and I wasn't even thinking of this was going to be a book. And I shared it with my sister and my good friend. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, Kelly, this is good. And I was like, you know what? Let me just keep going. Let me see how many I can write. Let me see if this will keep going. And um, when it got to about day 10 or day 11 of, of just writing, I realized, you know what? This is what I want to produce. This is what I want to, how I want to share my story. And um, from that point on, it just, I gave myself a, de a deadline. I was like, you know what? You're going to do this. Come high, <laughs> or come high water or whatever and get it done. And um, it just, it was, it was born from that. I honestly was shocked myself when I finished it. Um, I'd always wanted to write a book but in, my, in the back of my mind, I wanted to write a fiction book. So it was complete, <laughs> complete and total um, interesting to me to write to, that this uh, ended up coming out to be um, kind of like autobiograph autobiographical. Autobiographical. Yeah, I was like, wait, how do you say that? <laughs> I needed, how do you say it? Yeah. But it was, um, that's, that's pretty much how it came about um, because I realized if I can correct it to, to say that. What I realized is that I personally, um, I love reading devotionals. And I know sometimes you don't want to sit down and, and read a whole book at one time, but if you can just get a nugget of a book for one day and, and then be able to um, kind of get guided to meditate on certain scriptures, I feel like it's a great way to open up your own thinking and to open up um, your heart to be able to receive it um, in a better, easier manner. Yeah, I I love that. Um, it started off as something for you, and how I find that a lot of gifts work is we start off using them for ourselves. <laughs> like I have this gift of speaking, and you know, it's something that I use for myself. And then you realize gifts are meant to be given. And so I like that something that started off for you is now something that you are sharing with others. I can say, um, I know I will be purchasing a lot of them. I've already sent a couple to different people who are like expressing something. I'm like, oh, I got a book for you. <laughs> so, you know, how that's helpful. But I can also relate in the sense that, you know, I, I keep talking about in 2021 is the year. Why? Because I've made the deadline. So like you say, I come hella high water. This book is done in 2021 and I, I'm committed to, and I've just been cranking out the stories, not focusing on, I'm writing a book. I've yes. committed to just getting the stories out. And very similar to what you were saying is the way I, I really envision this book is that 
I'm telling my story, but I do believe that people are not going to say, oh, I had that exact same experience, but what they're going to go is, that is so interesting. It's make, I, I wonder how, I wonder, I just want people to wonder, right? Yes. We don't have to have the, I am all about questions, not answers. And I think we, as a culture, spend so much time trying to find the answer that we don't realize that so much growth and resilience and brilliance comes from asking questions. And so I just want people to read my story and then go, mm, I wonder, I, I read a story about Shonda's body image and how that developed for her. I wonder what messages I received as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult. You know, I'm reading this story about this challenge that she had or this thing she overcame. I wonder what was something like that in my life so that people can begin to look at, again, what all has gone into me? We spend so much time trying to augment and change the output when we have not done inventory on what's in there. <laughs> and that's why we get frustrated. It's why every single year we have New Year's resolutions that do not come to pass and we keep doing the same things because we're focusing on what's com coming out instead of focusing on what's actually going in and what's been put in. So that's super exciting. The, the, you phrase this a certain way and I would love to talk for a minute about our perception as a culture of family. So you said, you and your husband, Hugh, who is awesome, I concur, um, <laughs> have been um, making attempts to expand your family for seven years. But there are so many people who don't consider couples a family. And I do find that disturbing, right? So when a couple gets married, and it's everyone generally, everyone, you know, they're pushing you to the next thing. So you become partners, like, oh, when you get married. You get married. Oh, when you have a kid, you know, everything is. So when are you doing this next thing? And there are a lot of people who truly believe that, you know, you're not a family until there are children involved. And mm -hmm. I don't believe that <laughs> you are yep. a family, you know, when you are coupled together. So just talk a little bit about maybe your experience with that and how you maybe have always or have come to view this idea of family. You know, so it, that's, it's kind of funny. I'll be honest. So one of the things that we always talk about is every year, um, like many of the people, we get Christmas cards. And so we get Christmas cards from our friends and they'll have, you know, the nice photos of their families on it with, you know, parents and kids and all that good stuff. And he always asked me, you know, hey, Kelly, how come we don't do Christmas cards? How do we, how come we don't send that out? And my response is always, well, I feel like we don't need to do it because it's just us you know, and I didn't even realize until you just said it, even though I think of us as a family, I feel like, am I, am I really saying by not sending out cars that we're not enough of a family to, to, for that to be valid? And I think that's where you're right. We need to stop this, this, this thinking or minimizing the fact that Hugh and I are family unit. Kids are no kids. We're still our family unit. Um, and even when, if we are blessed with kids, the kids are gonna get, grow up and they're gonna leave the nest and then what's left, our family unit. So it's, it's a mindset shift. It's also a mind shift, mindset shift for a lot of people, especially um, I think in the black community, I can think for specifically for my family to know that children are not just children that are your biological children. Um, I know I've mentioned adoption a lot of times or, I've, or we've hinted at it. Um, 
through like for some of my family members and they're like why would you do that you know there are all these kids in your family that you can help out and it's not that I don't want to help out the kids in my family but I think we don't talk I don't think we don't give enough talking and um, encouragement enough to others to to pursue other forms of expanding their family adoption fostering mentoring there are so many kids out there there's so many people in general out there that are looking for that love that need that love and God has given us so much love inside of us to be able to share with others so what does it matter what shape 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 or form it comes in as long as we can express that to other people as we can help other people as we can bless other people the way we've been blessed so to me family is right now my family is first and foremost you as well as my extended family but family for me always is going to be just whoever we choose to share our love with um, and I'm just excited for whatever that that next chapter in our life brings like I said whether it's a biological child whether it's through adoption um, through fostering um, through just mentorship whatever it may be I'm excited because I know that with the love that God's given us for family for children that is going to come about some way, shape, or form, and it's going to be in the perfect way that he's always meant it to be. I love that. And I, I like how you even kind of have this in the moment, like, huh, the Christmas card yeah. thing, right? Like mm -hmm. how may, sometimes it's like, oh, let's think about that. It's not the four, four most, foremost conscious thing in your mind, we're not enough of a family, but just kind of like that, huh, that curiosity that I'm talking about. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if this is an extension of that belief or that worldview. And to your point, I have called a lot of people mom throughout my life and only one person biologically bore me, right? Mm -hmm. Birthed me, birth, birth is what I think of it. <laughs> um, but there have been so many people who have had impact in my life in a very maternal way. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that's worth us having this conversation about, can we expand the definition of what we have been culturalized and socialized to believe is family in this very nuclear way? And, and when we do that, can we expand our capacity to give the love and guidance and nurturance and all these things that we have, you know, beyond what's under our roof or what's connected by DNA um, and things like that. And I, I think that that's so worthwhile. And, you know, as a woman who has, you know, conceived and bore children, birthed children, you know, I would never want to minimize any experience that a person has, but I can recall before having my son, who's the oldest, I, I would have this, like, I can't tell you why, it never made sense to me, but I always had this feeling that I was going to be told I couldn't have kids. It didn't feel realistic. No one had ever hinted at that. There were no medical problems, but I always had this feeling somewhere that I was gonna be ha happening and it was so devastating to me just thinking that that might be said. Now, I'm saying that to say, at the time, it didn't have anything to do with children. I believe it had everything to do with this perception that I had that I was only worthy enough or woman enough if I conceived. And I think it's worth us having the conversation about where are we getting these messages? And I'm not gonna lie, the church is a big 
huge proponent of pushing this message. Before the kids though, it's the man. You gotta have a man. If I hear one more person prophesy that somebody's husband is coming, I'm gonna scream, right? So I, in my writing of my book and I'm looking at what are what did I learn growing up? It's your partner, your body is for their pleasure and kids need to come from that. And so what I am starting to realize is there are a lot of things that I thought and believed about myself based on this very culturalized message that this is what a woman is and this is how she exists in the world and this is how you know how her value is estimated what part of um how much of that has come into your journey with your own experience in writing the book so all this brings me back to um what you mentioned at the very beginning uh, about the memory of us being in the ugly and studying and how even though we had different majors, we were still able to just be encourage each other because we're both there together. And um, that's sim very similar to this book. So even when you're writing your story, um, writing this story, even though everybody doesn't have the exact same set of circumstances and situations that I do um, or that you do or that, you, or that you've gone through, just being able to, like you said, being able to know and being able to um, hear and see and internalize that people are going through something similar to you, it brings that sense of um, unity, community, and allows you to realize that not only are you not alone, but that if somebody else has gone through this or is going through this and is encouraged through this, that you yourself can be encouraged through this too. And I think that a lot of time that's why we have to get out there and tell our stories, because like you said, people don't talk enough about it. Um, whether it's um, the, the images, the preconceived notions that we get from reading fairy tales, hearing things on in the media, um, family, family, uh, family stories. It's all those things that we're internalizing, especially as we're younger, that gets into our psyche and it makes us think that, okay, this is the only way it has to be in order for us to be perceived successful or, um, or quote unquote normal or going the right path. And a lot of times I think we need to let loose because God didn't make us all to be exactly the same. I mean, there's a reason why we have DNA <laughs> because we're all uniquely divinely created to be individual people that may have similar experiences but have totally different outcomes. And we can learn from those shared experiences to bring about better outcomes for it. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good to be able to share your story um, because there's so many different pieces that I can pull from your story, you can pull from my story, even if we don't have the same story, but just like in the ugly, we can grow together. Absolutely. And I think, you know, something that's also very helpful is sometimes it's not to make people feel better. I keep saying that it's not about making someone feel better necessarily, it's helping people to be seen. It's helping them to be heard. It's helping them to be understood. That it's not saying that um, a journey through trauma resolution, if you've experienced childhood sexual abuse or any kind of abuse or neglect or having uh, fertility challenges, is not painful. And the point of you know this this community. And it's not, oh, it's not painful or to make the pain go away, but know that you have people sitting with you in 
the pain. And that sometimes mm -hmm. the hope is just that when you have an update and you're feeling optimistic and you're like, we can do this and I'm not, I can draw on that from you. But when you go like, oh my goodness, I don't even know. Like, I just want to give up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, I, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. hold the hope for us today, right? So it's like yep. this community where we can pass the hope and that we always know that someone is managing to hold it, that we're not responsible for holding all the hope, all the optimism, you know, all of this, you know, spiritual outlook of this has purpose. Sometimes we get to be in the slump, but we know we're surrounded by people who are going to bear some of that weight with us. And, and, and to me, yeah. that that is super important. Between that and really examining our perspectives of where we are. So what messages am I internalizing that make me look at my life right now as if it's a failure or not a success or not the way it's supposed to be? And I believe that if we can, you know, ask ourselves three questions. One, who taught me that or where did I learn it? The next one is what else could be true? And then the other is who's benefiting from my belief in this? Because there is a lot of money being made and a lot of supremacy being maintained by some of the beliefs we're holding that we're just not good enough as we are. And so I think that is tremendously hopeful in that regard. So we take a pause for story time when Alexis was talking about how, uh, you know, she's to plan all these things for her family. Um, I, I got to tell our cheese story. So <laughs> I, you know, some of the details are fuzzy, but we had to be at least 16 because I was driving mm -hmm. and we were preparing for the family picnic that we had every year across the bridge. So we grew up in Detroit going to Ontario, Canada definitely didn't require no passport or craziness like that. It was just what you did on Saturday. <laughs> so we, um, her mom, first of all, makes what I consider some of the best chicken in Detroit, Michigan, period. I, I ain't even met nobody here in Cincinnati like her chicken is bomb, <laughs> right? And so she loves to cook. I would say, though I want to speak for her, that is definitely one of her labors of love, like Absolutely. cooking and feeding people and hospitality. And so her mom is preparing all this food for the picnic and she's making pasta salad and she puts shredded cheese in her pasta salad and realized at some point she didn't have shredded cheese. So she tasks Lex and I to go get her some shredded cheese. And so if you're listening mm -hmm. to this and you're from Detroit, what's going to date it is we have to go to Farmer Jack. Y'all remember Farmer Jack grocery store? Okay. We went to Farmer Jack grocery store on Telegraph and Seven Mile. Yep. Seven Mile and Telegraph. So we get there, okay? So we are these high school students going to get some shredded cheese. It's like midnight. I, see, I don't, I do not think it was that late. I think this was the middle of the day. No, it was dark. It definitely was dark. Okay. Might not have been midnight, but it was, it was dark. Okay. All right. And see? it was the summertime, so. Well, and so it had to be later. Okay. So it was because we were preparing for the next day. Okay, fine. I don't think it was midnight, <laughs> but it, I'll give you dark. So we go to get this cheese. We're in there. We're getting the cheese. We find the cheese. 
getting ready to check out. When we go to check out, she, I, I have no idea where Lex is going. She goes to do something, get something, she leaves. It's fine. The, there's a person in front of us who's cashing out. And then all of a sudden there is a man who walks up in, in Farmer Jack and robs the place. Like, and not just robs the place. He comes to our aisle, our lane with his gun to tell the cashier to give him the money that's in the cashier. Now, can I tell y'all, this was the part that got me though. They had a security guard. Let me tell you what that security guard's face, that security guard's face clearly said, y'all don't pay me enough for this. Mm -mm. He didn't even say nothing, okay? So, I mean, it, it happened really quick. It, I think there was a paper bag involved. She put some cash in a paper bag. I was frozen. I know that I was froze. I froze because that was my default uh, response. All I know is it happened real quick. Dude, dude left, and I was just like, Lex! I'm like screaming her name <laughs> throughout the grocery store. Like, we are getting up out of here. And I am appalled that she is using my whole entire name in this store, calling me like that. I'm like, why are you hollering? And I'm like, <laughs> it just got robbed. Like what? right in front of me. She's like, what? And I'm like, we're going home. Did we did we get the cheese? I don't even know. I don't remember if we got the cheese. But the point is, we'd have been through some things together, <laughs> you know? And, and and for me, that was logistical. Maybe that's why one of the reasons I don't like logistics. Like, we just gonna have to have, you know, she had to have the cheese. And who knew that that happened? So thankfully, no one was harmed, right? But no one was harmed. that's a, a very pivotal, um, that, that experience will live on my central nervous system, probably. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that sure awareness for the rest of my life but yeah it's 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 just so interesting how the things that we experience as we're growing up that we don't think about mm -hmm. as being necessarily impactful for our future we're just doing what's asked of us or we see a need and we meet it and it allows us to develop some skills so mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder how many of us have skills that we're unaware of because we haven't really taken inventory of what are the things that I learned throughout life that weren't explicitly taught, like as in school or trade, but that I have these skills and I can use them to help other people. So hope you enjoyed the story break. It was, I mean, we can laugh about it now. Let me tell y'all, that was a stressful day for us. It was very, it was a, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. I would think that we did. And, and just because, you know, logistics is how my brain works. I'm thinking like right now, we probably didn't get the cheese because you were behind this person in line. So. I know. And I would imagine that the person who just got robbed wasn't like, oh, let me, let me finish checking you out. You know, well, we probably got cheese for free. Who knows? I, I, yes. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. If we came back with cheese, we didn't pay for it, but we didn't rob the place. We did not I'm rob just the saying. place. Uh, so I, I love, um, your passion for black owned businesses and, um, and being able to not just what I really appreciated about it when I follow your social media is that this is not like people who are giving you a bunch of free stuff and saying advertise that you're spending your money within this community that you are part of. Um, and so just tell us a little bit more about that as a passion. And if, if someone's listening and they are seriously like, I want to be intentional, because I think that's the word for this podcast, right? If I want to be intentional with my dollar, 
and I want to support small business, Black-owned business, women-owned businesses, you know, minority-owned businesses. Tell people how they could even get started with that whole process of where to start and what to do. So if there's um, starting with the with the black owned business, if you start with the product or something that you already purchased um, and then finding, a, I don't wanna necessarily say a substitute, but I'll say alternative, um, an alternate product that's made by a black owned business. And sometimes, and I'm gonna be honest and say sometimes with some of the substitutes, it isn't a equal um, or like quality wise, like for example, um, like paper towel or toilet paper. And I didn't gonna tell y'all who I've used because I don't like them. Um, and so I'm working to find a substitute. But um, for example, earrings, these earrings are from the hoop mob and they're hoops, right? So like every single place who makes jewelry sells jewelry. I just like to try to find people who are, who are black owned. So this particular woman is out of Flint, Michigan um, and she makes hoops and I buy them and I tell everybody about them. Uh, Oh, look, I didn't even do this on purpose, but this outfit I have on is the top and the bottom. It's the same print. It's called Shop Sugar Girl and it's black owned. Um, and so I just really work hard to kind of, um, a, a blogger that I follow says, if a black woman makes it, I want it. And that's kind of, I won't say anything. Ah! Yeah, exactly. But that's something that I really, really, um, really try to abide by is like I'm, I shop um, like on stores then sometimes I go down this like spiral of like well who's making the fabric and and I'm like we need to get people to make fabrics and things like that and so I'm really intentional about trying to find um, places who are designing things making things um, some of my favorites are this lipstick is by lip bar so that's the hoop mob Lip bar, shop sugar girl. Um, body products are really fun. I don't know who I use though. I have a lot, a couple different favorites, but I also try to take this not just into like things that I wear, but things that I use in my household. So I use um, True Products laundry detergent, which is pretty comparable in cost and effectiveness to some of your favorite. Um, brands and then I use um oh I use a cleaning product that I love but I can't think of it but they're also like all natural non-toxic so those are things that are really important to me is like supporting not just a black-owned business but also things that are not harmful to the environment to our bodies to our skin um I'm trying to think of what else so is there so I'm thinking about a person who's like, okay, this sounds great, but, mm-hmm. and they may go with some of the places that you've recommended, right? Mm-hmm. Which we can even add those in the show notes, but then they're like, okay, what about this other thing? So have you found that there are directories? Are there hashtags to follow? Mm-hmm. Are there, how can a person begin their search for, uh, you know, supporting these kind of businesses? Yep. So there's an Instagram called We Buy Black. And they have a web store with like so many, it's almost overwhelming, but it's called webuyblack.com. And it's like anything that you could ever think of. I mean, batteries, um, toothbrushes, toothpaste, everything is made by a black owned business and they kind of source it in one place. Um, and that's where I, I've used that to start. 
And then I also just follow um, We Buy Black. And then there's one more that I can't think of right now. Um, but I'll try to think of it so that you, you can put it in your um, show notes if I think of it, because it'll come to me when I'm in the shower, most definitely, <laughs> or three or three o'clock in the morning. Those are those are when my thoughts come back to me. But um, I would definitely re- recommend that people go to We We Buy Black um, to kind of get an idea of what there is. I would even suggest if that's something that you're interested in doing, like trying to find different alternate products to use, is to just think of one thing that you can use and like replace across the board um, with another product. So right now I can honestly say that our household is probably 60% black owned businesses and products. And I'm, I'm trying to get as close to, I don't know if I get to hundred percent, but I'm trying to get as close to as possible. So I'm, I really, I think we're operating at about 60, 65% capacity of, of black owned businesses here. And I, I think that's awesome. And again, it comes back to being intentional, intentional about where you're spending your money and where you're looking for. I think a couple of other things that I want to share about supporting, right? So, you know, in the month of February, people have a tendency to go pro-Black, right? Whether that's mm-hmm. whether you're Black or not, you know, there's this focus on the contributions to history and current society that that Black people are contributing. Um, But these things are here all year long. And so a few things is, even if you um, are familiar with the Black-owned business and you don't necessarily like their product, Mm -hmm. not because you think there's something unethical about it or it's not quality, but, you know, I use this example, there's a restaurant Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, is a Black-owned business here. And I don't necessarily, I like their food. I don't like everything on their menu, mm-hmm. right? And But even if I am not, not because it's not good, it's just like flavor choices, right? Mm-hmm. But I still support them. And support means that I can share their social media posts. Yep. I can tell people about them. Um, Mm -hmm. I can talk about them on my podcast. I can make sure that, you know, I'm letting people know they exist and that doesn't cost you anything. And so some, there are people who are saying, how can I support black owned businesses? But you got people in your family who own whole businesses, businesses. who have neighbors who have whole businesses that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about buying their products. Sometimes it is advertising. Sometimes it's just giving them a word of encouragement to say, hey, I see what you're doing. How can I help? Referrals, all those different kinds of things are super important. If you know a black owned or a black author who has a book, you know, I don't get me wrong. I'm on the Amazon bus. I am, right? Why? Because we we some procrastinators and usually we need <laughs> things within a couple of days. But to that point, I know it's convenient, right? But buy that person's book from their website. Mm -hmm. Contact them through social media and see if you can buy the book directly from them. Because when you buy someone's book from Amazon, Amazon is taking a big chunk of of that profit for that author and any other product. So if you can get it on mm-hmm. Amazon, there's a good chance that that product, cause you can find some of these black owned products on mm-hmm. Amazon. 
but chances are they have a website. Go yeah. to the website. Will you get it in two days? Probably not. Will you pay for shipping? Probably. Don't give me, I got to a point where I'm like, why would I ever pay for shipping again? Like that don't make sense. <laughs> why doesn't everybody have Prime? No, I get it. I get it. And I, I know that one step at a time, but I do think that sometimes people don't know the difference. They say, mm. well, I'm supporting, I'm buying this product, not realizing that it can be more supportive for that particular business if you buy it directly from them. And, and I'm glad that we can share that because I think it's just something that some people don't know, right? Also, when you're talking about authors, I just learned this that I'm going to start doing because I really want, um, want other people to know because I was like, it blew my mind. If you know a person who's an author and you're going to buy the book, so someone told me that they buy three books, one to keep, one to gift, and one to leave somewhere. So um, it just helps boost that author's sales. It helps to um, get the word out about their book. And so she buys one for herself to read, one to gift to a friend, and then one to like, she goes to, a, she well, she used to go to coffee shops regularly, and she would just leave one on the table in a coffee shop or a bookstore, not a bookstore, but like a coffee shop or, or a place like that so that somebody else could find it. Love that. That's such an awesome idea. As a therapist, too, I buy multiple books because I have to assume that if I loan a book out, it might not make its way back, right? <laughs> and, and that's okay. And so I love that idea. Can we buy one for ourselves, one to intentionally give to someone else, and one to leave or put in one of the take one, leave mm -hmm. one kind of places that exist? Um, and so I, I think that's important. Another thing that I think um, as the world begins to open up whenever that is, I also think it's important to talk about kind of like um, black owned and black curated spaces, mm -hmm. right? Like, so sometimes supporting small business, black owned minority women owned businesses isn't just about necessarily the product that you buy and then you take or you consume. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's about the experiences that you engage in and the places where we we hold our events or we just spend our time. And so I know that you're very well connected. Um, so for those who are in Detroit listening or who want to travel, what are some places you would recommend um, as kind of um, event experience kind of places? Ooh. Um, so in Mississippi, my friend's family owns a ranch called Foxfire Ranch and they do events. They have in the, when the weather's nicer, cause it does get colder, even though it's down south, south, but, um, they have monthly, weekly, weekend blues events, um, monthly, weekly blues events. That's Foxfire Ranch. There's, um, my friend just opened up a Acorn Center for Restoration and Freedom, and it's a retreat space. Um, so you can go and get away from all of your worries and cares and just live for a couple of days off the grid. Um, it's a property that you kind of like drive into and like remove yourself from the outside world. Um, so you actually get like a really immersive experience. Where um, is that? That's in Georgia. Okay city mm, I can't think of that right off the top of my head um and Detroit oh there's just so much art and culture here to just I would just have to what would I recommend people to do in Detroit mm, I would recommend them to go to Oakland Farms Oakland Avenue Farms I would recommend them to go to 
um, the Motown Museum just because it's just really nostalgic for me. Um, most of my Black-owned favorite places here are like really small, intimate spaces. So it would probably be difficult. Like they like are taking appointment only. Um, but like Flow Boutique is my favorite store here. Um, and then just drive around and look at the art by the people in the murals, Eastern Market. That would be a really good way to spend some time with um, artists. Um, spaces. Mm. Well, and for me, the biggest thing that okay. I, I think mm -hmm. I wanted to demonstrate is, you know, there is nothing wrong with like Google, right? Yep. And things like that, like that can be helpful. But when you like, when you walk your walk, when you mm -hmm. live the life you're asking other people to live, like those things are just, you can give recommendations because there are things that you do. And so even if someone is listening and, and they're, can, you can apply, I believe this to so many different things. Mm -hmm. What are the things you, you want to encourage people to do? Um, do them yourselves. Mm -hmm. I think word of mouth is the best advertisement that any business can get. And so if you do go to a business, whatever business, whoever owns it, and you believe in the product, the customer service was good, you believe in all of those things, then talk about it. Because they can pay for advertisement, but people really do know um, that a person who's really experienced it can give them the best review. So that's another way that you can support businesses. Have you bought a product? Have you used a service? Mm -hmm. Write a review. Uh, put it on Google. Put it on Yelp. You know, put it on their website, uh, do things, make a post and tag them because this is how the word gets around. And these are ways that we can truly like support other people in ways that I think we don't often think about. We're mm -hmm. doing part of it. We're using the services and the products. We're just not telling people about them um, unless we don't like it. It's interesting <laughs> right. how quick we can write a review and 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 and, and click it's on the star button when we don't like something, but how mm -hmm. we have to be intentionally reminded when we do um, like something. I mean, word of mouth is the biggest and most um, quickest advertisement. I've been in business for myself for almost four or five years, and I have not one single business card um it's all been like word of mouth referrals and i'm grateful because i like that i like that aspect and element of my business of being able to be like oh no no business cards plus yeah. i just don't know when to pull them out it's really awkward for me <laughs> <laughs> and so i i love that lex i think one of the the final things before we start wrapping up that i want to talk about um and I really, it's just an honest curiosity is for several years, you've been putting on a production called uh, Middle Finger to Cancer. And so this is my public check-in to say, what's up, you know, tell us about the events. It's always been important, but um, you know, I, I know that it's impacted, cancer has impacted my life more in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, than ever before. And so tell us a little bit about that and give us an update. Yes, yeah, so I have, to date, I've done five middle finger to cancer events. And um, it started because my mother, um, about eight years ago, my mother was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And anytime anyone ever hears that, first and foremost, they automatically, like their heart sinks because colon cancer is a cancer that 
many people, especially black people don't survive from, um, let alone um, go into remission. And she is, I think five, five years um, in remission, cancer-free. And I started doing, we, part, we started participating in a Relay for Life event. And we, we, we were like fundraising. And so the first year we did it and I was, okay, cool. We did like, you know, pledges or whatnot. And then much like, I think the middle finger to cancer is my first official event that I produced solely by myself actually. And it was, everybody kept saying, oh, you should do a show. I was like, oh yeah, I need to do a fundraiser for this um, event. I need to raise money. And everybody's like, you should do a show. And I was like, no, I don't want to do a show. Like, what about like selling Tupperware or like, I had all of these ideas and everybody kept saying, no, you should do a show. And I was like, no, it's not what I want to do. Why would I do a show? That doesn't make sense. And I finally came around to it. And I was like, hey, you guys, you know what? I think for that fundraiser, I'm going to do a show. And everybody was like, what? We told you this five months ago. Um, so I did a, I did an event. My first event was 17 people on the ticket. It was four and a half hours long, but it was a sold out standing room only event. Um, and it's, it kind of was born out of a space of when a family gets their loved one's cancer diagnosis, you immediately go into whatever reaction you're going to have and then into action. And then you're in, you know, you're doing whatever the things are, working through all of the appointments, surgeries, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, if, if it's a, the person goes into remission, it's like a celebratory period. If, you know, it's all, any other kind of results and it's like you're grieving and at no point do you ever get a chance to be like, man, this is messed up. And that's kind of where that middle finger or cancer came from. I'm like, it's cancer is messed up. It's a way for everybody to, people were calling it like a movement, a place to kind of just express that we've all experienced cancer in some way, form, and we think it's stupid and it just doesn't work. Like, to, and so it, it kind of was empowering to live in that moment of let's just collectively be together. Um, I did five shows last year. 2020 is supposed to be my sixth show I took um the year off before because I was pregnant so last year was supposed to be my sixth show and then that didn't happen because of the pandemic and so middle finger to cancer I don't know if middle finger to cancer will have a virtual element I hadn't even thought about it until just right this moment so uh 2021 I think we're probably going to put a virtual middle finger to cancer or something or another together. Um, Y'all welcome. You are, welcome, <laughs> you are so very welcome. Great. Am I adding one more thing to my Yeah, go ahead and write that down. But, I got you. I'm gonna keep you honest. <laughs> but I, I hadn't even considered it. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um yeah, I am too. And you know, I I have all I've lived distantly. I've tried to support you know, over the years, I've not been able to come and be at one. And interestingly, like when the year we decided, like I'm making this a priority, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important, you know, uh, my my mother-in-law um, had cancer diagnosis, went into remission, cancer came back, she passed away in 2018. Um, and my mother was recently diagnosed with breast cancer um, and is currently 
uh, in remission. And so, you know, it, and, and it just, it, it changed, cancer sucks in so many ways. Um, and, you know, there are commercials and billboards, but it's true, no cancers are the same, right? And so there's not this just standardized, here, just do this, and everybody's body is going to react the same. And so, yeah, I, I think that um, there are a lot of people who resonate with it. And what I'm super excited about in this 2021 virtual, uh, you know, middle finger to cancer is that so many people will get to experience it. And I think that's one of the big mm -hmm. things about COVID. The, another gift of COVID is some of these barriers that existed due to distance yep. have now been minimized because we are able to gather virtually. And so I'm really excited. Um, you cannot count on me for logistics. However, <laughs> if you <laughs> advertisement shout out, you know, I will use my voice to support you both <laughs> show. Um, and so I love that. Um, but not I love logistically. No. Okay. No, like y'all know, and, and, and here it is too, like trust people when they tell y'all they not good Please. at something or they don't like it because we have this tendency to either try to grow something in somebody that they don't want grown or we don't believe them. And then you entrust someone with something that they not good at. And then you looking all crazy. Like you didn't do what I asked you to do, but they told you, you know, that person that says, I don't like speaking in public. I'm just saying, trust them. <laughs> I, you know what I can guarantee that somebody told Teddy Riley they were good at something <laughs> and we all saw how that came out we showed it <laughs> look I believe in supporting family and friends but every, put them on the bus they got to be in the right seat okay so Lex I appreciate this conversation and being able to just share you with my listeners and um, I think that there are a lot of people who can take away some really good tips of like, oh, that's very helpful. So if someone heard something that you said and they're interested and they want to get in touch with you or call you or reach out, not necessarily call. I know when I when my phone rang, I get irritated. Like, why are people calling me? That's what emails are for, Phil. Okay, but how can people get in touch with you? Uh, people can get in touch with me via social media. I am Lex down the rabbit hole. Um, Lex down the rabbit hole spelled out um, like Alice in Wonderland, H-O-L-E um, on Instagram. That's my business Instagram. Um, what else? How else can I be found? Oh, from Lex with love is my personal Instagram. Um, I don't share the same content, but you know, it's me on me all the time. And um, I think that's it. Website okay. coming soon. Okay. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I I'm you. such an analog. Like, I'm so analog. Like I'm like, do I have to have a cell phone? Can't y'all like write me a letter? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get it. I don't want my phone ringing, but letters. No, I, I do think there's something special about <laughs> handwritten letters and notes, but yes. So um, finally, like I do with all my guests, um, I love when people share an interesting, little known or fun fact about themselves. My fiance and I, who will be getting married in June, have no idea how we met. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that, but uh, yeah, yeah, we don't so, know. Yeah. 
Okay, so hopefully somebody is taking some hope away. Somebody waiting on their mate. And they, they, you know, you just got to pray and manifest them and then they'll just magically appear in your life. There you go. And then when people say, how did you meet? You could be like, we don't know. So that is the fun part. Well, Lex and Johnny, welcome yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you both so much for spending time with us, sharing your voice and your light yeah. with my listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Johnny, that's so, so unfair that she just joined <laughs> at the end. I know. She joined at the end and then she just, <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel for he provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast. To my producer, Jay Suck from Instant Classic Media. And of course, to you, my listeners, I never take it for granted that you are listening to us. If you want to get in touch with me, if you have suggestions for content or guests, reach out at www.thelaborsoflove.com or on all the major social media outlets. Don't forget our new Instagram page specifically for the podcast, the underscore LOL underscore pod. And uh, don't forget to give us that five-star rating, share and review the podcast. Until we connect again, you all be well.